You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. There's a lot of us that need to stand up and admit we got a lot of things wrong because we didn't think we'd be where we are. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, Alan Hahn, Jason Fitz in for the guys, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And we finally have, I say finally, but we get in their rookie years the matchup of the top two picks. And I think when the schedule makers were looking around, this was one that everybody sort of opened their eyes a little bit and said, wow, we're going to get Trevor Lawrence taking on Zach Wilson. We're going to get the opportunity to see one versus two. And in the moment, it's easy, Han, to say, okay, this is going to play out to be something full of drama and suspense. What we were wrong about, uh, amongst other things, was who would be on the sidelines. We don't have Urban Meyer. He's already been fired. Didn't even make it to this game. And frankly, as we were sitting around as a general media months ago telling everybody that the Jets got the great hire in Robert Sala, now we don't know. We don't know if Zach Wilson's going to be right. We don't know if the Jets have their coaching situation right. Urban Meyer's been fired, and, and Trevor Lawrence has looked pedestrian like the number of things that we got wrong about this game months ago is a reminder that sometimes you have to stop trying to figure out in the crystal ball what's coming because we have no idea yeah we well that, don't say that don't don't reveal that we're paid to know <laughs> we're paid to to have an idea of what to expect and what's coming i mean that's aren't we just like we're forecasters but unlike meteorologists people actually do pay attention to when we're right and when we're wrong it, it's, you know, I mean, look the, look at the numbers right here, though. Trevor Lawrence, zero passing touchdowns in three straight starts and six of the last seven starts. Like, like Zach Wilson, zero passing touchdowns in five of his last six starts and seven of ten career starts. But you want you want a silver lining? He's gone six consecutive games without interception for the first huh? time this season. So you have that, which is nice. But, like, it's, it's – we always look at it from an – I think we can't look at quarterbacks like we do when an NBA team drafts a guy number one overall and think, wow, all right, so the franchise going in this direction, he's the face of the franchise, it's going to change everything. It doesn't work that way. It never does. You know, taking a quarterback in the top ten, is a, it's literally a lottery. You're hoping you get it right. You never know if you're going to get it right. And I think if we do the math, I believe more times than not, you don't. So it, it is. But number one is that place to be because you, you believe you can get the best. Ask Cleveland, did they get the best? And we've seen this in the past. Now, you know, do you get the best with Peyton Manning? Yes. I mean, that was pretty obvious. There's certain ones that are just obvious. But this, this year was supposed to be obvious. Trevor Lawrence was the obvious foundational franchise quarterback, generational, and in years from now we'll see that it'll all pay off. But it's not going to be pretty at the start. It wasn't pretty at the start for Troy Aikman. It wasn't pretty at the start for Peyton Manning. It hasn't been pretty at the start for a lot of guys taking number one. But now it's up to the franchise. See, here's where I'll give the Jaguars credit. You recognize that the coach decision was an abomination. 
Major mistake. And though you gave him a multi-year guaranteed deal, now they got out of it, but you knew enough's enough. This has got to stop. You've got this piece, this valuable piece in the quarterback. And now you've got to do everything you can. Like this is like Mandalorian. Protect the child. Do whatever (laughs) it takes to get him to the destination. Right? Deliver the package, which would be, of course, the Hall of Fame. And in a Jaguars jersey. That's what they've got to do now. The hard, like, is it the is the easy part getting the number one pick and getting this player, or is the is the easy part now having him now build around him? That's I, I think, think what we've got to see. What do they do from here? We'll decide whether or not Trevor Lawrence becomes a success that we all thought he would become. But Shad Khan has to be held to the same standard that I was talking about earlier. I mean, to your point, I think the Jags did a nice job of coming in and saying, "Hey, this was obviously a terrible decision." Mm-hmm. Shad Khan now needs to look in the mirror and figure out. How do I not make that terrible decision again? Because I, I think a lot of people saw the Urban Meyer thing coming. Like uh, the fact that it happened so quickly, sure, yeah. may have surprised some people, but it, there wasn't this glowing, oh my God, he got it right, resounding response from that. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the issues that many of us thought could rear their ugly heads did. And so Shad's got to look at it and say, okay, how do I make sure that I get the right, you know, right person in to protect the child? Like it, it's not. That's simple. And I, I don't want to understate, you know, because you mentioned foundational. Like, Trevor Lawrence is so good that after his freshman year in college, people were yelling that he should sue to change the rules so that yep. he could go to the draft after one year. Mel Kuyper mm-hmm. said John Elway type uh, prospects. Yes. Like, that's what we're talking about with Trevor Lawrence. And now yeah. you, what we've seen is a Trevor Lawrence that just looks lost. What is the it's, problem with both of these quarterbacks, too? is they turn the ball over, their teams turn the ball over. You just never have any traction. And so there's a lot to clean up, talent-wise, of course, offensive line-wise, all that stuff. But I think the most important thing, as you said, that goes forward from here is who you put in place to mentor him. I don't think it's just going to be head coach, offensive coordinator. I think it's who you bring in as a backup quarterback. I think he needs to be in a quarterback room with somebody that has some experience. I don't know why this is – I don't know why we've gotten away from this in the NFL. I, I need somebody smarter than me that knows the league better to tell me why we don't look at the priority of having a quality, veteran, experienced backup quarterback. Maybe even somebody that doesn't have anything left in the tank but still wants to stay in the game, and I want him in the room. You know, like I, I'm sure Ben Roethlisberger just wants to you know, go off into the sunset. He's made a ton of money. He's all done. But if there's a part of him that's like, you know, I still got more to give to the game. All right, well, you know you're not a starter anymore, but everything you've been through, your experience, how valuable are you to my franchise? I'll give you $10 or whatever it is to be my backup because this guy's on a rookie deal, and I need a guy like you around him. I think that's so important. So give me, you know, find me that kind of a quarterback that I could give money to that I think could be just like having another coach out there. And in a pinch, when my guy's struggling, I can put you in the game. Like what the Jets did with Zach Wilson this year is franchise malpractice. You can't do that to a number two pick who's barely played. His experience in college is not a long enough resume to step in and hand him the reins on a young team, the youngest roster in the league, and say, go ahead, be great. Lead us to winning in New York without any, any net at all. His backup quarterback had never started in the NFL either. Who are you learning from? Uh, and then your offensive coordinator is a kid as well. Who was the experienced guy in the room that was going to help you get through the rough times? You didn't have that. Huge mistake. That, that's why they had to give up a six-round pick to get Joe Flacco. Is, so I want to see if they do this with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. 
is there some element of the fact that quarterbacks are playing longer in life than they used to that has gotten us away? Like, we we seem to have this weird spot with quarterbacks where, you know, and, and certainly for me, I remember when a quarterback would hit 31 or 32 and everybody think, okay, that guy's, you know, nearing the end. And now we have quarterbacks playing into their 40s. I wonder if it's True. changed uh, the way a lot of quarterbacks see their ride off into the sunset. The, instead of being a ride off into the sunset, a lot of quarterbacks are looking at it saying, hey, wait, wait, wait. I don't need to ride off into the sunset. I've got I four or five compete. good years left. And, yeah. and teams have become so desperate to win right now. Like Tannenbaum always says, and we had him on earlier. Mike Tannenbaum, you should listen to the podcast and go check it out. Uh, always says you got to win for now and for later, right? You got to you got to have both in mind. I don't know that teams or organizations focus on that as much anymore because it feels like everybody constantly all. It's like the Madden society has permeated into the way football is run in some cases. Like, just feels like everybody's all in for the big name, the star. We're going to come in. We're going to build to win right now, and we'll figure out the future when we get there. Yeah, but then again, we all forget though what was the the the, the master plan that led to greatness, which is Patrick Mahomes being drafted, then Patrick Mahomes sitting behind a veteran who was smart, who was capable, who also understood, saw the writing on the wall. But the example, of course, you're bringing up is a perfect one in Chicago. Andy Dalton should have been that guy. But Andy Dalton came in saying, no, 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 I'm QB1. Mm. No, I believe I could still, I'm the starter. I believe this, what was the quote? This is my time. His time's coming. I, I certainly worry about that because there's that still generation of quarterbacks, like you said, the older group that still thinks they can play because they have the brain that can still play. They believe they still have the more they can do, and they don't want to be a backup. They don't want to be a mentor. And, and for Andy Dalton, you just, like, you just took your marketability. It's gone now. Gone. Because you just showed me that even though you're a good teammate, a good guy, and I'm sure he was great with, with uh, Justin Fields on the sides, just him saying that publicly – let me know. I don't know if I want to risk that bringing in a vet and him saying all the right things. Oh, I'll be the backup. Sure, I'll be the guy that guides you, but I'm competitive and I'm going to take his job. Ryan Fitzpatrick to a tongue of Ola. You know, Fitzy was like, I'm not sitting behind this kid. I'm better than him. I'm going to play instead of mentoring him because I could still play. So I guess that's where we are is you're afraid to have that guy that's going to be better than the young player and he's not going to accept the role of mentor. Yeah, well, and that's part of why I constantly I hate the Patrick Mahomes argument that he could have gone anywhere else and been Patrick Mahomes because anywhere else presumes that he would have had an Alex right. Smith to help him and he would have had an Andy Reid to get him into the league the right way like that. That's just a presumption I can't make. We've been asking you guys who your quarterback what 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 it looks like your quarterback would do if they didn't play quarterback just based on their looks and we're letting you chime in triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's get one in on the Goodyear Hotline. Dennis in Delaware, who's your quarterback? What's it look like they would do if they weren't a quarterback? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just a dovetail on the Trevor Lawrence. Um, if he doesn't get the right coaching with the enemy and Leftwich and a, uh, a right tackle to keep him upright, uh, Trevor's going to be in a, uh, with his long locks and his good looks, he'll be in a, uh, I would say, a Kid Rock remake band, lead singer, maybe somewhere in South Florida uh, <laughs> with the headband. Doing a little sweet home Alabama. Uh, that, <laughs> I mean, a, a, in all fairness to Trevor, you know, he lost ETM and, you know, Urban Meyer was a bum. But I really think if they brought in Leftwich or Biennemi, um, yeah. and I don't know why they got, I don't know why to this day they got rid of Gardner Minshew. He, I mean, he was the perfect guy to be his backup and mentor. So 
maybe they'll get him back in 2022. But, uh, yeah, a Kid Rock uh, type of guy down there in South Florida um, with the headband and beautiful uh, long locks. That's what I, 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 I don't. Doing. Yeah, I don't Thanks know if, if call this. I don't know if Minshew's a, a mentor because he's still trying to prove himself. I think he still sees himself as a guy that could be a starter in this league. I mean, you know, the way he celebrated after beating the Jets, you know, as if he's still got something to prove. By the way, on the on the note of uh, you know who who's you know, your quarterback look like, Justin tweeted something to uh, at KJ and Max saying Ben Roethlisberger looks like a henchman for a Chechenian mob. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. it, that's a pretty good one. You could see him with like a little bit of a fake fake Russian accent, you know, little tough guy stared down. Got that beer muscles. I it's like good. that. Like he's sort of standing in the corner, not doing a lot of moving. Doesn't have to. He's just yeah. sort of lords over you. Also, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. No way. He's the front man of a cover band. He's too pretty for it. Like you got to cover your own. You got to carry your own speakers and stuff. Like uh, T. Yeah, not a cover band. No, no, no. He he would he would probably be trying to headline his own. Yeah, band yeah. like he—he's that—he's definitely the guy. He's trying to find the right guitarist at this point, yeah. like who well, really does mesh with me and my talents. The the right guitarist for our talents is always the great Paul Feinbaum, who joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Paul, uh, Trevor Lawrence was what we were just talking about. You know Urban Meyer well. Uh, how much of Trevor Lawrence's struggles in year one do you put on Urban? Yeah, I hate to start off on a, a negative note, but I'm no longer claiming to have ever met Urban Meyer. So uh, if we could start. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I uh, I would agree with I, I think I think he, it was a wasted first year, but you know you guys understand this uh, well that sometimes the first year is is going to feel like uh, you know running through a, a, a car wash backwards. Um, I, I I think he needs somebody that that can be a little bit more understanding, and and I don't think it's that complex. Uh, he he is I've always felt like uh, he was he was one of these quarterbacks uh, that that was uh, you know that could transform time and you know we didn't see any of that this year but when when you're running for your life and you don't have much around you it's it's, it's not going to be a very pretty look um I heard that you know the two guys you mentioned I think are certainly good it's funny I ran into Dabo Sweeney Saturday night at an event and I'm not not to get that rumor started but uh right. he, he would be a pretty uh a pretty good uh I, I know nobody in Jacksonville probably wants to go the college route again but certainly uh, somebody that Trevor is comfortable with, I think, is really important. I mean, we, no, there's nothing more important than the quarterback. So find a coach that fits the quarterback as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, I, I was thinking that if they were going to go college the first time around, they probably should have went with Dabo right out of the gate instead of uh, going with Urban. But, again, that's the relationship, I think, that, that Shad had um, through the college connections. But, Paul, I've been doing uh, the sports centers throughout this show, and, and, and one of the last items we have is about uh, – the college football playoff and the forfeit the ability to win the championship based on forfeit if a team can't play because of COVID-19 what do you think of this idea that a team could could be crowned a champion without even playing a game you know and I heard you mention that I, I thought have did, did I'm am I still stuck in December 2020 uh, I mean what, like what happened to, to 2021 uh, I, I was I was really shocked when I heard that yesterday uh, that the idea that a, that on New Year's Eve uh, we may throw away our plane tickets to Indianapolis, which really wouldn't bother me, uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and and be, and and the thought of of having you know, one of those four as a national champion is just unbelievable, and I, I don't know why they they can't uh, you know, at least have a little bit of wiggle room in there. 
uh, you know, we've seen it work very effectively this week in the NFL. Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm not trying to, to be a, an epidemiologist again, but I, I think that, 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 that really does feel drac- draconian. And I don't know what the big deal is. If, if, I mean, I, th- I think there has to be if, – if a team is on, on Thursday saying, okay, I think we can be okay by Sunday or Monday, what's the big deal? We're, we are, we're only talking about the national championship of college football here. Right. But look at, the, the, look at the opportunity here, though. Look at the opportunity. We could have another Rudy moment. I mean, you could get a walk-on and put him in the game. You could just take somebody off of yeah. uh, off of the, you know, out of a fraternity league or something like that, and throw him. A, how good of a coach are you, Nick? Can you take this guy from my biology class and turn him into your starting quarterback? How good of a coach are you? That would make it even more compelling. Give me Rudy uh, who, too. Electric. Wait, 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 wait. Who do you think actually has the you know what's Paul to look at Nick Saban and say, "Sorry, man, we're just going to cancel this thing." Yeah. Uh, how about nobody? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 uh, let's be honest. This this is geared for Alabama because Alabama's third team uh, is probably good enough to finish uh, right. fifth in the ACC. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it does favor Alabama, Georgia, to a certain degree. Um, but I mean, I, I thought it was. I mean, it, yeah, I, I mean, Alabama is a deep team, and and I, I think you know we've seen we saw it last night in a bowl game with a third string quarterback. You know, we've seen this all. We've seen this for two years. So I mean, you have to be adaptable. I mean, you, you hate to see it, but but listen, we're, we we can't turn back time. But all I'm suggesting is, I don't know why we can't be a little flexible here, and and I just don't. You know, what what's the big deal? Uh, yeah, the, the the championship game is not until Monday night uh, in in January. So if on New Year's Eve we we have bowl games the next day. So tell me how the national uh, semifinals couldn't be played on January first, other than the fact it might interfere with the Rose Bowl. And who would want to miss uh, that? They, was that was that Utah? You guys need to help me. I've lost track. Utah and Ohio State is that it? Utah and Ohio State. Yeah, yeah I mean I, I mm-hmm. can't imagine. Uh, you know, moving that game uh, for the national semifinal. I'm, I'm sure people in, uh, in in Manhattan right now are belling up to bars saying, hey, hey, bartender, put on the Ohio State-Utah game for me. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Paul, we're talking with Paul Feinbaum. What are your thoughts on Texas A&M deciding we're not going to the Gator Bowl and, and Jimbo Fish is saying we just don't have enough scholarship players available to field the team? Uh, I, I, I cannot, I don't know the circumstances. I, I know that there, there were certainly a lot of raised eyebrows around college sports yesterday and, and some and pushback. At, you know, why did that game need to be uh, canceled on the day that it was other than maybe to find a replacement team? That sounds like the uh, NFL draft of a couple of uh, the NFL strike of uh, many years ago or baseball. But yeah, you know, I, I guess that's the only reason, uh, you know, it is worth remembering that, Texas A&M doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, you know, their, their starter, Haynes King, got knocked out in the second game. He's now back, but certainly you don't want to start him uh, back from a, a terrible injury. Zach Calzada, who was the quarterback against Alabama when, when they beat the Tide, uh, is in the portal. Maybe they could borrow him for one more game. And ultimately, uh, I think Jimbo Fisher looked at his roster and said, we, you know, we just we don't have it. I mean, I, I, the idea that – I mean, I, I, you can interpret it any way you want. I mean, uh, I, I guess you could, you could offer the cliche where you have to take a, a head football coach at face value. Um, do you? <laughs> um, but this is, this is an A&M team that had a really good year at times and then lost the uh, final game to LSU. And if the roster is as bad as they say, do they want to go up against Wake Forest? 
that would be an embarrassing way to lose the end of the season, wouldn't it? Yeah, but if I'm a player, I, I want to play. Like, if I'm a senior, I want to play. It's a bowl game. I want that experience. Why are you uh, taking that away from me? Yeah, I'm, that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's how a player would feel. Uh, yeah, that's how a player used to feel. But nowadays, uh, you know, we see top players uh, in, in many, okay. many games. Uh, yeah, Heisman finalists aren't playing in games. No, I understand so. that. But, but I mean, you know, again, he's saying we don't have enough scholarship players. We don't have enough I guys. But there's going to be some people, though, in that locker room that are not happy about this. I would think and so. What, and how it resonates, you know, going forward is something to watch. You guys have buried the real lead here, which is do they have enough swag to get everybody involved? In? Like, do you still get the swag for the bowl game that you then pulled out of? Or do you have to give the duffel bags mm. back? Like, these are the real questions. Paul, as always, man, we appreciate your time. Thanks for the hanging out with us. Have a Merry ball. Christmas. Happy holidays, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, it was All a pleasure. Best, Merry Christmas, guys. You got the, it. The Paul Fine, uh, that's Paul Feinbaum brought to you yes. by Dr. Pepper. College football bowl season is here. Fans are hyped Crack an ice-cold Dr. Pepper open, slap on a fresh coat of face paint, and return to glory with an all-new season of Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Army got a nice win over Missouri in the Armed Forces Bowl. Army's mm-hmm. win is the celebratory moment of the week. Brought to you by Allstate. Save money like a champ with Allstate Championship Week save, championship savings for the win. All right, we're going to get you ready for a sneaky good Thursday night football game next, and we're going to tell you why not only are Titans and 49ers fans watching, but every other fan base has one player they're going to watch in this one, too. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. All right, it is that time on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Alan Hahn, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Presented by Progressive Insurance. It is time for us to go no huddle. And that gets you everything you need to know about tonight's key matchup between the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Tennessee Titans in Nashville, Tennessee. So let's go for the first side of the no huddle to Nick Wagner, ESPN 49ers reporter. Nick, this is what Jimmy G had to say after the draft on this very show about the chip on his shoulder. I want you to hear it. Well, the chip will always be there. Uh, that, that hasn't gone away at all. You know, since, since I got in the league, I've had that. I think it kind of comes from just the way you were raised and everything like that. You know, my dad was an electrician, blue-collar guy, and I think it kind of just rubs off onto you. And so uh, it's kind of the way the league's going nowadays. Uh, everyone's drafting young. 
uh, wants to get the developmental guy and things like that. And so, you know, I kind of know, know what it is. Uh, I've been on both sides of it now, but you know, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, all you can really ask for is the opportunity. And once you get that, you got to take advantage of it. So when you hear those words, Nick, and you've seen Jimmy so much this season, how has he handled the Trey Lance pressure as we've gotten through the year? Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, he's probably handled it about as well as could be expected given what the situation is. And um, I, I think the Niners did did right by him in terms of telling him right up front that he was still going to be the starter and it was going to take something pretty drastic for that to change. And they kind of stuck by that. You know, there were a couple of moments in training camp where, you know, especially at the outset of training camp when Trey Lance looked so good that people were thinking maybe things were going to change that dynamic. But Jimmy was the starter all along. That never really wavered. And the only reason it changed in the season was when Jimmy had that calf injury uh, early in the season and, and against Seattle, I believe that was week four, and then Trey Lance had to start in week five. And so what you've seen now is a, a healthy, productive Jimmy Garoppolo, which is similar to what you saw in 2019, and he's playing at a similar level. Now, what, what Jimmy Garoppolo is as a quarterback hasn't really changed. He, he needs a lot of things around him to be right, but – a lot of quarterbacks are like that. You know, there's only a few guys who are, are capable of kind of raising the tide for, for everybody else. And so I think what you're seeing with Garoppolo is pretty close to the best version of what you're going to find with him, where the running game is going. He's not asked to throw a lot, but the quality of his passes supersedes the quantity. And by that, I mean, if you look at his yards per attempt, he's right around 8.5, which is first in the league. So they're not asking him to go out there and throw it 40, 50 times a game. But if he's throwing it 30 and he's averaging 8.5, um, that can certainly be a recipe for success, particularly if the running game rolling as well. Nick, with all of that uh, in mind and knowing, obviously, that they did trade up to get Trey Lance where he is right now as a healthy player who's, you know, all around the league, everybody's watching this. Can we assume this could be his final year as a starter? Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. I mean, I think I think you're looking at a situation where and this is still going to trend towards, in the offseason, a, a, a parting of the ways between the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, and Trey Lance is going to be the starter. The Niners have made no secret that Trey Lance is the future, and, you know, that's kind of what it is. They're, now, they're not going to come out and say that, of course, because uh, they want to have some leverage and try to find a trade partner in the, in the offseason for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think Part of what's happening here is, is Garoppolo is, is kind of doing a favor for both himself and the Niners by playing well right now. And if he can finish the season kind of on the trajectory that he's on right now over the last, say, eight weeks or so, uh, where he's been a top-five passer in the league in a lot of the metrics, uh, if he can continue on that and lead them into the playoffs and maybe they win a game or two, he probably boosts his value back up to something. Uh, you know, I don't think they're a first-round pick necessarily, but something closer to maybe a two and a future late pick or a three and a future late, something like that, um, where he's, you know, he's then helped the Niners by getting his trade value up, but also put himself in a position to get a contract extension because he's only got one year left on his deal, so whatever team might trade for him would want to extend him. So I think that's probably still the most likely outcome here ultimately. I guess there's a world in which maybe he plays so well and they win the Super Bowl and then you have to rethink things. Um, but obviously that would be the ultimate good problem to have, as they say. So um, I think that's kind of where things are headed right now on a realistic track. How do you see this matchup tonight? What favors the 49ers to you? Yeah, this is. Uh, I, I think this is a really tough game for them, uh, specifically because the Titans are kind of built like the Niners in a lot of ways. A lot of the things they do on both sides of the ball are very similar, and they're both very physical teams. So um, this is a tough matchup in general, but it's certainly tough 
when you have a short week coming off of a game on Sunday, playing on Thursday night, and having to travel a couple of time zones away, which is pretty rare for Thursday night games. Usually the road team doesn't have to go this far. So um, that's, that part of it is tough. I think if you look at the matchups and the way the Titans are playing versus the way the Niners are playing, like I said, these are similar teams, but I think the Niners, at least as we sit here right now, are doing things better, those things better than what the Titans are doing. And when you watch recent Titans games, they're doing a lot of the things that the Niners were doing when they were in their losing streak, namely turning the ball over a lot. And that's been the biggest thing for the 49ers here over the last eight weeks where, you know, they're 6-2 and two and they've had more successes. They've cut way down on giving the ball away. And you've seen the Titans here over the last four weeks or so give it away a bunch. I think they have 13 turnovers the last four weeks, something like that. So, um, that, you know, I, I, hate to, I hate to say that because it's such a simple thing, but sometimes we, over, we overanalyze this thing and it comes down to who can hang on to the ball the best. And So I think the Niners are, are in a good spot to at least have a chance to win this one, but um, it's also hard to predict just based on the fact that you don't know how they're going to react on a short week on a long trip. Nick, let me take you back, though, to the, to the Garoppolo conversation real quick. Let, let's just say I'm, I'm a GM you know, on another team, and, and I, wanna, I wanna pick your brain about what you're seeing from him. Uh, what sure. we're watching over the last couple of weeks, especially uh, with him and this season, how much should I trust this versus this is more the anomaly like it was the Super Bowl year? Is what you're seeing from him like this is who he really is? Or is this a combination of, boy, what, how they're using Debo, you know, what you're getting out of IU, Kittle being back and healthy. It's really more about that and less about him. Yeah, I think that's a fair question. And I think that you have to evaluate what your team is, right? So if you're a team that would be interested in, in a Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason, you have to know, like, okay, what kind of weapons do we have? What kind of surroundings do we have for him? Because, you know, this isn't an Aaron Rodgers situation where you're going to bring in an Aaron Rodgers and he is going to, you know, elevate the play of everyone around him because he is so good. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is not that guy. And so, yeah, I think that is going to be the question that a lot of teams have to ask themselves is what, you know, where are we realistically? Now, if, if it's me and I'm just looking at the market right now of teams that could be in the market for a quarterback and I'm looking at the rookie quarterback class, I'm sitting here saying, I think, at least based on what we know, and again, rookies, you never know. Maybe maybe these, this rookie quarterback class will turn out better than anybody expects. But I'm looking at teams like New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Denver, Carolina, they're, they're Washington. There's some teams that are kind of in the playoff mix right now that maybe need a guy who is going to be, you know, can, they can't get their hands on Aaron Rodgers. They can't get their hands on Russell Wilson or, or you know, Sean Watson, depending on how that works out. Like, if they can't do that, Maybe Garoppolo is a better option than anyone else they can bring in. So I think they kind of so might end up being like a, you know, a lot of things kind of fall into place where it works out for, for both the 49ers and Garoppolo. But um, your, your question is totally fair. And I think that if you're going to be one of those teams that would be interested, you're more likely to be a team that is already a contender and kind of know how it looks when Garoppolo is able to play well in a situation that's kind of insulated where they have a good defense and they have a good run game and they have a few weapons. Nick, we appreciate your time and your insight, my friend. Thank you so much, and enjoy the game tonight. You got it. Take care, guys. Let's get the other side of this thing quickly. We'll head back over. Teron Davenport joins us, our NFL Nation Titans reporter. Teron, thanks for the time, man. Uh, the Titans have been struggling on offense. How do they fix it against the 49ers? Yeah, I think really the, the best way to fix it is to get A.J. Brown back. That'll help. Uh, the passing mm -hmm. game has been very inefficient, so – if they're able to find ways to get the quick passing game going because they're not going to have the left guard and left tackle, those starters, so they need to get the ball out quickly. They run, they've been able to run the football pretty well, so I think it's really just about uh, getting that passing game going, adding some balance to it.
I think as as we look at the Titans and we think what can they be this year after all we saw this year, everything hinges on Derrick Henry. When do you uh-huh. expect that they could have him back and, and at what capacity? Yeah, Derrick Henry will probably be back for that first week of the playoffs. Uh, that's that's kind of the expectation. Possibly uh, week 18. It's not likely, but it's possible. And he's been doing everything he can to get back on the field. We know that he's different when it comes to uh, you know, how he attacks uh, recovery and, and even just uh, the lifting and, and all of that. And he's just a different different person. So uh, they definitely expect him to be back, you know, um, looking at that, that first week of the playoffs. TD, if they get him back, what's the uh, what's the ceiling on this team? How far can they go? Well, you know, if they get him back, I'm probably going to um, make some plans for for LA. <laughs> uh, I think they could okay. they could definitely um, make a Super Bowl run if they get him back, even if he's not 100 percent Derrick Henry. Just the presence of 22 in the backfield it changes things drastically. You kind of see that in uh, just how things have gone for the Titans' uh, offense. They're still running the football well, but that play action is not the same because it doesn't have the same threat as it does with Derrick Henry back there. Teron, as always, man, we appreciate your time. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us, brother. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas. Great stuff from Teron Davenport and from Nick Wagner. We got you both sides of that. Now it's your turn to weigh in. Caller roulette, triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'll give it to you one more time, nice and slow, 888-729-3776. We're going to do some caller roulette after Han tells you why you should watch the NBA on Christmas Day. Because, because, Fitz, it's an annual tradition that continues with five of the best gifts anyone could ever ask for. Star-studded schedule. It begins at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on ESPN with the Hawks taking on the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. That's the Mecca. And over on ABC, the Celtics square off against the Bucks. You get the Suns hosting the Warriors. After that, then on ABC and ESPN, the Nets and the Lakers. With the day capped off with the Mavs clashing with the Jazz at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific on ESPN. You know it. Christmas Day lineup you don't want to miss. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. 
Team Black are no winners. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's time for Call a Roulette. Just don't be a Line 5 guy. I'm told Line 5 is the way to go. Line 5, how you doing? Line 5? That's disappointing. Does he not know? Are you there? Is that me? Yes, it's you. Oh, here's my question. All right. Okay. (laughs) You know, I tried to learn from you, Han, when I've sat in the seat and not go to the Line 5 guy. But every once in a while, they still get their way through. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, by the way. Alan Han, Jason Fitz sitting in. Before we get to Call of Roulette, uh, you've had some Twitter responses that had you laughing, uh, belly laughing, let's say, Santa laughing. Over what quarterbacks look like they would be doing if they weren't quarterbacks. What you got, man? We we do have some very creative listeners. So uh, again, on the Dr Pepper Twitter feed at KJ and Max, um, we have it's Burden underscore Beast says Aaron Rodgers looks like an aggressive panhandler. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, a good one. But I'll tell you, I think the winner for today comes from Preston Sapp. He said he's not my quarterback, but. Gardner Minshew looks like that one substitute teacher that says, today we're going to learn a real history lesson and start Mm. sharing inappropriate war stories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That really does. Like, that is definitely right. That's straight out of the, if you ain't first, you're last. Like, he has that look about him where he just comes in and he just, the, the class is never the same after that day. That is, God, that is so well done. Keyshawn J. Will and Max. All right, call a roulette. Let's spin the wheel. Let's see where it lands. Uh, Go ahead and give it a spin, boys. We have got line four. All right, line four. What do you got? What's your name and what's on your mind? Uh, Mike in Arkansas, my question is, is if you were the Giants, would you go full Mike Ditka and give up your whole draft plus Daniel Jones for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. <laughs> full Mike uh, Ditka. You went Ditka. You go the full Ditka. Yeah. The question is, if uh, so, yes, I probably would if I was the Giants. Like, this is what I always say to teams that get obsessed about the draft, like fans. Your team is bad because your team drafts poor. So what the <laughs> hell are those draft picks really going to do for you? But if I'm the Packers, I'm looking at it saying, all those draft picks, I don't have another Aaron Rodgers I don't have at all in that list. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not replacing those two guys with all those picks. Yeah, I don't, that, that only works for the Giants. Only no, from the Giants' perspective. And I guess he's just asking, if you were the Giants and that was available, would you do it? The answer is an affirmative. Absolute yes. All right, let's spin the wheel again. What do we got next? All right, we are going to go line six. Line six, what's your name? What you got? Line six. See, this can't happen. This can't happen. Like, this is a game. You have to be ready to play it. Wow, line six just did that. All right, line one. Line one. Don't fail us now, line one. This is your chance. Show us what you got. It's Ethan from Dallas. Um, best two people I can have to ask this question. Um, I All I want for Christmas, really, honestly, is for the Cleveland Browns to change their stupid helmet logo. It's been 57 years since they won any kind of trophy. And I rhetorically ask, what logo have they been using since then? The stupid helmet logo. Literally any NFL team could have it. Change it to the Bulldogs. Or go to the little elf guy. He looks like Baker Mayfield. Maybe they'll give him a contract better. Go the with elf logo. is the one. Like to me, like the elf is such a like it's it's such a bizarre. 
I don't know what it is. Like, like, would you call it a logo? Would you call it a, a mascot? I don't know. The elf one is interesting, but yeah, just having an actual, just an orange or whatever that is. It's it's a, the Browns, but it's an orange helmet. So makes sense I, of this fits. Makes sense. I, of it. I, I can't make sense of it. Look, and uh, look, this is going to be a very not popular take. So I'll stay off Twitter the rest of the day. I'm actually a fan of the occasional like alternate jersey that yes. makes sense. Like sometimes I get a little bummed out that every Raiders jersey is always the exact same. Like if they would, man, one are you time crazy? Me, like, I'm not letting that, you do that. Don't see, blaspheme. That is one happens. of the great jersey it and is. color combinations in sports history. The, the the L.A. Kings went to that because they knew that would sell. That was that's a beautiful yes, combination. Do I'm not, not touch saying it. You change it permanently. I'm just no. saying one matte black chrome helmet, sort of like. Or all black, matte black thing with, with some why, chrome why on it, like one to, alternate. Why? No, some so things I can spend money on additional gear. Although, all right, if you're just looking to sell things, that's different. But Evan has up here on the screen that, that no one can see, but it's funny because you can picture it. If you're going to go with an alternative logo on the helmet, it should be Charlie Brown missing the football and basically <laughs> upside down in the air. That is, that is better than the elf. Uh, that is absolute Put perfection. the elf on the shelf. All right, roll the, roll the wheel again. Let's see what we got next. Say this with tremendous fear. Line five? Line five, what do you got? We're trying here. It. Don't ruin my day. Corey from New York. Yes, Corey, Corey always hits five. Always, Corey. Well done. Let's go, Corey. Hey, I got a question for Fitzy and Han. Fitzy, uh, how good would a L.A. Super Bowl be? Uh, Chargers versus Rams. And would the Giants look really good with Rex Ryan and Lewis Riddick in the office? Wow. Okay, if Lewis Riddick's going to work anywhere, it's for my beloved Raiders so that I can hit him up for swag weekly. And <laughs> just so you know, like I will be hitting you up weekly. Just like just, just put it on the postage can box. Can I call like, you just, Fitzy? I love yeah, Fitzy. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Fitzy, you sound Wait, like a guy. You're like, the Raiders I grew are up in go, Boston. The Raiders are going to go down the road of a TV guy again. Like they could have hired Lewis Riddick wow. three years ago when they hired Mike Mayock. You think they're going to actually choose the right TV guy this time? I okay, think we you need think the Jets ESPN. are going to choose the right coach no. or quarterback? Oh, this, is not a, this isn't a Jets conversation, all right? Don't yeah. project your anger onto me. <laughs> I'm projecting. Don't be Every mad year. that they hired the but NFL wait, wait, Network wait. guy instead of Guys, the ESPN guy. We're missing the great opportunity to create an entire front office and coaching staff based on only ESPN talent. Okay. Think about what we have here. If there's a franchise that's just like, you know what? Let's just hire all their guys and, all, and have them in different places that you have enough people here that you can create like who would be we already know front office lewis riddick that's done like he's yeah. the gm who or, or at least president of football operations who would be the head coach out of all our, our our talent that we have here would it be rex or would you go with someone else like like would you go with ryan clark would you go like where would you go okay i'm making orlovsky my Dan orlovsky coach. offensive coordinator. Because- like, uh, no, well, yeah, we can make Arlovsky the offensive coordinator, Ryan Clark the defensive coordinator, so that they yell, yell at each other the whole time. Bart Scott has to be my defensive coordinator just for oh, his aggression fair. on the sidelines. That's fair. So maybe RC's the head coach. Like, RC's that's the what head I mean. Coach. I think RC's got head I, coach I think, qualities. Yeah, I think he's like, he's got that, like, CEO yeah. type. What, what yeah, do we he do can, with he can command a room. We, just, we had Mike on the show for an hour today, and cap we just guy. handed it to Lewis. He's just well, no, we put. Well, I said we could put Mike in the front office. He certainly has the experience to help us make those trades. No, oh, yeah, Gibbs on yeah, being I, the uh, the get back coach. Uh, oh, I'll be the get back coach. That that I'd be really good at that. <laughs> like just hanging on to the back belt, back belt. I'm like, come on, coach, get on back. Get make me back. director of of media relations so I can make sure you guys all say the right things to the media. <laughs> 
I'm king of swag. I'll be back tomorrow with with Harry Douglas. Greeny is next. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.